0: quick questions about congress with kilmer hi this is representative derek kilmer from washington state's sixth district welcoming you back to my podcast called quick questions about congress with kilmer today i'm sitting down with washington state's very own representative dan newhouse from washington's fourth district Dan, thanks for uh, being willing to do this. We started this a few months ago I and know, right? then got interrupted by votes, and so. we may
1: again this morning. We got <laughs> votes pending very shortly. But thanks for having me, Derek. I'm glad we were able to reschedule it, and it should be a lot of fun.
0: Okay, so um, for those who <laughs> um, don't uh, sleep with a map of congressional districts <laughs> over their bed, uh, tell, us about, tell us about. Tell us, yeah. Well, I do. But um, <laughs> tell us about Washington's fourth district.
1: Washington's fourth district essentially what I tell people that aren't familiar with the state um, that it's the central third of the state of Washington so it's it's east of the Cascade Mountains from Canada to Oregon so but the the middle third of the state it comprises eight different counties uh, seven full counties and then part of Walla Walla County but it's a it's a long strip of uh, Washington state fully a I haven't measured in, in square miles, but uh, about a third geographically of the state of Washington. Other than its fine representation, what is Washington's 4th <laughs> District known for? Well, absolutely, and and history goes way back of the fine representation <laughs> from the 4th District, actually, but um, as many people know, Washington State is a huge agricultural powerhouse, and a lot of that production actually comes from the fourth district. You know, we've got the Columbia Basin, we've got the Yakima Valley, we've got north, north central part of the state, we've got a, a diversity of crops and livestock that are grown in central Washington. Uh, I, I tell people everything from A to Z and everything in between uh, we raise in central Washington. We've got Milk cows, beef cows, uh, beef cattle. We've got forestry products. We're the leading producer in apples and potatoes and hops and cherries. Uh, we've got asparagus, just all kinds of things that uh, Washington is known for. Ha- come from the aqua. How many of those products do you grow? <laughs> well, let's see. You got to stop and count. <clears throat> Our main crop is hops on my farm. Yeah. But we also raise wine grapes and juice grapes and cherries, uh, nectarines. We've got. Um, a few animals around, um, bison right now. Um, so we've got, a, you know, a few of those crops. We've got a lot more. Uh, I should have said, uh, I didn't mention in that list, but I think on our farm, certainly wine uh, is a huge uh, part of our economy in Central Washington.
0: As a hops grower and a wine grape grower, any recommendations to those listening? Is there a go-to beer or a go-to wine? that um...
1: You know... Um, I don't have a particular favorite of either. I, there's a lot of them that I like. There's so many great uh, microbrews out there right now, uh, craft brews, and a lot of uh, wines that uh, are just tremendous, high quality, uh, coming from the state of Washington. There's a lot of good ones. Uh, what we're known for, uh, I get well, just let me say, for, as a, from a hop grower's perspective. Yeah. I like hoppy beers, and I would suggest anybody trying to get the hoppiest beer <laughs> you can. That's good for business, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Use as many of them as you yeah. possibly can. So I prefer like an IPA, something that really gives you that, uh, that full-bodied hop flavor. But there's a lot of them out there. And it just depends on the time of year, the, what what foods you're par- trying to pair it with, which is interesting. You know, beers used to be just uh, just beer. Right Now there's so many different kinds of beer out there that uh, it's really becoming quite the thing, kind of like wine, where it's w- pairing with the right foods and the right occasions. It's be- becoming quite the... Um, quite the thing to do now. Uh, we're known in the state of Washington for our red wines particularly, and so there's a lot of good ones coming out of out of the central Washington area, uh, but also some of the whites too. Um,
0: uh, tell me how you went from being a hops grower to um, <laughs>
1: representing Washington's fourth district. Ah, well, uh, none of it was planned to say that. <clears throat> I didn't wake up one day and a long time ago, and say, hey, you know, I'm going to jump into <laughs> politics and eventually end up in Washington, D.C. I'm not sure anybody does that. Yeah. Uh, maybe you did. I don't no. know. Uh, oh yeah. Gosh. <laughs> um, you know, when I was, um, uh, when I came back to the farm in my uh, late 20s, I, I started uh, getting involved in some of the uh, grower organizations, you know, the different commodity groups, The you know, things like the Farm Bureau. Uh, hop growers of america uh, different different things that um, uh, had an impact on those things that I was particularly engaged in and it kind of grew from that really <clears throat> when you when you uh, put yourself out there to serve um, in whatever capacity uh, um, um, it, it kind of grows I guess and it, my my uh, interest in in issues grew my um uh, I guess my perspective grew a little bit, and uh, always wanted to do more, see what else I could do to to help further, uh, not only agriculture but but other things. So I, you know, I, I ended up running for the legislature when there was a uh, a vacancy, and served there with you, if yeah. you recall. You you moved up to the upper chamber at some point, and started in the house. Uh, I don't think we came in together, but we were yeah. pretty what close. What year did you go in? Uh, I ran in '02 t- as okay. my yeah, first. It was two years later. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, but we did serve together. I, and like I said, when, uh, uh, I, I really enjoyed the State House. I, I really did. It was a great place, a lot of good people there. So it felt like we could get things done maybe a little yeah. quicker than we can around here. That's um, a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> a low bar, <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, midway through my fourth term, um, the governor, Governor Gregoire at the time, asked me to um, serve on her cabinet as mm-hmm. being the uh, director of agriculture for the state. And, and uh, uh, I had not anticipated that. You know, that's a kind of a partisan thing. Yeah. And she yeah. obviously was in the other party. But after careful consideration, I, I accepted that offer and uh, uh, really enjoyed being the um, uh, that's a scary thought the face of Washington the agriculture or at least yeah. the spokesperson for the for the industry it was a great position and uh, really enjoyed working for governor Gregoire um, of course we had an election governor's changed and those appointed positions changed. so I came back to the farm and was, was just fine and and then um, shortly about a year later almost uh, guess what there's a uh, uh, my uh, predecessor, Doc Hastings, Doc Hastings, announced his retirement. Yeah. And it seemed as though um, an opportunity, another door opened for me uh, to uh, see what more I could do to serve the public. And so I decided to, to open that door and, and that's why I'm here.
0: I want to ask how you have uh, found it here. But before that, I think um, when people hear your background, one of the reactions or questions that come up. You know, our politics are very divided right now. And uh, as a Republican serving in a Democratic uh, administration, um, what was that like?
1: Uh, Well, it was a little odd at first, to tell you the truth. I think I was the only Republican seated around the table during cabinet meetings. Mm -hmm. Um, Eventually, there was another Republican appointed. And so there were, or there were two of us, but even still, we were kind of a, a minority, so yeah. to speak. Um, but I think I, I learned a lot, especially from the leadership of Governor Gregoire, particularly, um, you know, certainly elections are partisan and you know, you've got to uh, get elected to begin with, but she, she imposed on us or helped, helped us to learn that once you're in the position of leadership, you've actually have to govern, and you have to govern for the whole state, right. whether you're Republican or Democrat or Independent. Um, and so, so I think the lessons of trying to make decisions that are right for the whole, instead of just looking at it narrowly, were, were I think things that both of us, uh, both sides of the aisle uh, in that cabinet um, took home from, from that experience. So I think that was, a, a, to me, that was really impactful. So when you
0: got here uh, a few years <clears throat> back, what, what's been your sense of, uh, of
1: Congress? What's the nice good and the bad? sense of Congress. Uh, well, a few years. You know, this is my third year. I'm midway yeah. through my second term. And, um, well, I guess, you know, Derek, there's a lot of similarities, certainly, between in, in the system itself, you know, the legislative branch of government. Between the house and the and the federal excuse me the state and the federal side there's a lot of similarities, um, but there are some differences, <clears throat> and some of them are good and some of them aren't so good. Uh, there's a higher level level of scrutiny I would say here in Washington D.C. and that's not all bad. Um, it, certainly we want to be transparent we want sunlight to shine on the things that we're doing here and we we need more of that probably. Um, so that's that's probably a good thing um, I think though, and maybe you have some thoughts yourself, it almost seems like it's more partisan here than it was in the state you know, we we weren't without partisan politics don't get me wrong in Olympia mm-hmm. but um, it seems like there's a lot more of that here in washington d c there's yeah. there's just a, a almost you know What's the old saying? Almost anything you say can and will be used against you in the right. next election. You know, it's just always a focus on that and, and, and largely um, that I'm not sure that's conducive necessarily to, to getting our work done in the best way for everybody.
0: Yeah. I always think about it like a pie chart. When I describe the pie chart in, mm-hmm. in the state legislature, I always say, you know, probably... Maybe fifty percent of the pie was, um, s- you know, substantive, mm-hmm. important, often controversial areas that really matter. Um, but uh, you know, where there can be disagreement. Maybe forty percent of the pie was suspension bills, things yeah. that there was general agreement on, m- relatively non-controversial, not sure. hugely impactful, but they matter to somebody. Yeah. And then ten percent was kind of political bull. Mm-hmm. Um. Here, I think the pie is a little out of whack, or more than a little out of whack, because I, be. I think that the slice of the pie that is political bull is a lot bigger here. And the slice of the pie that suspension bills is probably the same level, so what gets crowded out is substantive things that actually
1: mm-hmm. require...
0: Compromise.
1: Yeah, and that's that's unfortunate, really. You know, the uh, a lot of people will um, criticize Congress for saying all you guys do is fight and can't ever get along. <clears throat> and you know, that's that's true. We do uh, express our opinions to each other, but you know, we're supposed to do that, and right. we're we're. We're supposed to be the, kind of the point counterpoint, what's, what's right with something, what's wrong with something so that we can, I guess, in theory, mold it to become the best thing possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I guess, um, I'm, I think that uh, maybe we've gotten a little too far to, to the side, partisan side of things. Uh, not to say that we're supposed to always agree. We're not. Absolutely not. And, you know, that's the system that our forefathers put together here, that that we shouldn't always agree. Yeah. And, and that uh, and the majority of the, whoever holds the majority of the, the opinions and ideas, you know, that's the reflection of the American people at the time. And those should prevail.
0: Is there anything that surprised you when you got here? And is there anything that you think your constituents wouldn't know about this place that you wish that they did know about this place?
1: Mm. You know, I've told them um, in public meetings at home, I've told people a lot of times that I I wish I could take everybody in the room and bring them to Washington DC with me to, so that they could see firsthand how things mm. work and, and, and the kinds of people that I deal with on a daily basis. I think you know people w- would be really surprised and I hope pleasantly so mm-hmm. that the majority of the people here are really I think here trying as hard as they can to do the best they can for the people that elected them mm-hmm. and whether we agree with them or not um, that that's kind of beside the point I think that the quality of people here uh, which isn't always apparent in the news stories that you see even recently, but the majority of people here are high quality uh, good individuals um, and like I said with the best of intentions for our country
0: yeah Um, I I think that's a big reason why we decided to do this podcast because I Mm. most frequently when I'm home I think a lot of people ask gosh you know we're so sorry that you have to go work with <laughs> yeah. all these knuckleheads. And what I always say is, you know, listen, there are some knuckleheads, but there's, you know, but surprisingly, there's a bunch of people, a lot of whom you've never heard of that aren't right. household names. They're right. actually pretty good people with yeah, really good hearts and good minds. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe differences in terms of priorities or approaches politically, mm-hmm. but um, uh, here for what's probably the right reason.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, we have a very diverse country. mm mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of differences between one end of the country to the other, or urban versus rural, or uh, whatever whatever uh, difference you want to want to focus on, Um, and so people come here with uh, perspectives and opinions and. And ideas of how best to represent their constituency uh, they come th- they come to those conclusions very honestly you know they uh, they are a product of their district and yeah. so it's kind of an interesting thing when you put all of these people from all these diverse backgrounds and in areas of the country together and kind of stir them all together and see what you get mm-hmm. uh, in in the um, uh, in the final uh uh, analysis of different bills and legislation that are passed. But, you know, that's that's the, the beauty of our system. Any issues here that you think should get more focus than they do? Issues uh, that should get more focus? Um, yeah. <clears throat> Actually, there are. Um, uh, we have, um, and, and I think both parties are guilty of this, it's real easy to ignore the 800-pound the gorilla in the room, w- one particular thing that comes to mind is the national debt. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have, it has to be a bipartisan thing in order to solve that, I would call it crisis that's looming, uh, and uh, we really have to roll up our sleeves and get down to business on that as soon as we can. Yeah. Um.
0: I, uh, when we do this, I usually ask people about their commute. I have some familiarity with at least a portion of your commute. You but do. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, so when we gavel down at, after last votes, it's like usually noon on a Thursday or Friday. Yeah. What happens to Dan Newhouse and what does your commute look like How, and, and when do you get home?
1: Well, if we get done like at noon, I've still got half a day's work left ahead of me um, before I, I get out of here. And just like you, typically I'm uh, on the 6:40, 6:50 flight, whatever, out, out of uh, Reagan to Seattle. Um, that gets us there about what 9, 9:30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, but then you you get in the car and head home, yeah. which is what an hour away hour or something. An hour, yeah. I I wait for a couple more hours for another flight that gets me either to Yakima or to Pasco and then then hop in my car and get home. So typically, I'll leave here at um, 7 p.m. Eastern and get home to my house at about 4 a.m. Eastern. Uh, That's my typical commute. And then, you know, a couple days, to turn around and come back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You make it so that I... Can never complain again. Um, so,
1: <laughs> well, it's it's all what you're used to. And, and yeah,
0: uh, what know. do you usually do? I mean, we usually don't sit far from each other on the plane. What do you do on uh, uh, on the commute? Are you usually working, or do you watch a movie, or you know? Well, you
1: know, in a six-hour flight, you've got time to do, do a little bit of, of yeah. everything. Um, yeah. My staff is really good about sending <laughs> a folders home with me of things to. Uh, Uh, work to finish up or things to read or or things to sign or uh, different legislation that's coming up to read up on um, or preparing for what I'm going to be doing the next day in the district and those kinds of things. So certainly there's time for that. Uh, But, you know, we're usually going home, and I don't know why it is, but in in a week here, it seems like it's a lifetime. And usually by the time I get in that flight, I'm going to, during takeoff, this is when it always happens, I usually fall asleep before the plane's off the ground. I'll wake up when we're about at uh, flying altitude, and then I can get to work. Uh, But, you know, the work doesn't last the whole six hours. So, yeah, if there's a movie on I haven't watched, I'll I'll do that. Um, But... um, uh, you, you do what you can to uh, pass the time. Yeah, when you have a uh, nine-hour commute, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I i used to I used to try to read a book a week, and that's a little harder to do with a s- congressional schedule. But yeah. I, I like to, uh, if there's a good book that I've am I've, into, I'll, I'll have that along with. Do you too. have a
0: book recommendation for uh, folks listening?
1: Well, um, I'm a kind of a history buff yeah. type person, uh, so. A, I don't know if I can give you any particular books but I really like the uh, era of the Civil War Yeah, uh, that fascinates me in fact I think I've been reincarnated I probably was uh, around at that time in another form but <laughs> um, and I also another kind of a, a corny goal of mine I like to read about all the different U.S. presidents and that h- history the period of time they served kind of the dynamic of what you know what brought this country to where it is today and, and that helps I don't really think that you know, learning about history helps us understand uh, the present and maybe uh, help us make decisions about the future, too.
0: I made it through what the Washington Post had a podcast called Presidential, and they went through and did a podcast on every president. Oh, really? And, yeah, it was actually really interesting. Some of them, I actually found it much more interesting for the presidents that aren't, you know, that you don't know a bunch about. Yeah. Um,
1: the Millard Fillmore's of the world (laughs) exactly I
0: got to learn an hour about Millard Fillmore you know so that was good Uh, I always ask because my very first job was working at something that no longer exists a video store Uh, (laughs) so I always like to end by uh, asking about your favorite movies
1: what's that got to? oh video store oh yeah yeah,
0: okay my favorite movies I got you know I got I got paid less than minimum wage but I got free (laughs) rentals so (laughs) perks of the job
1: (laughs) Well, let's see, Season, you know, it's about Christmas, so a Christmas story, t- i I'd like to watch that. Um, probably, though, what comes to mind first, and this will be, uh, I, I really like the movie Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I oh, just yeah. think that, I really think great that's music, a, yeah. uh, great music, but just a funny, uh, funny story. Well,
0: um, thank you. you give, you've given us uh, a lot to chew on, some beer and wine recommendations, <laughs> some book recommendations. I have to throw in a good word for your district also because my family actually does occasionally go on vacation in your district. Oh, We'd really? Yeah, good. Hit uh, Hit Winthrop and Twisp in that area. Oh, it's a beautiful part of the state. It well, really is. Man, it's just, yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah. Got to uh, – Go hiking with my uh, with my eight year old in your district this summer. Oh, good, a lot of fun. So, uh, thank you. I'm glad you did that. We spent a good amount of money in
1: Washington's (laughs) 4th district. So, (laughs) well, come back. You're You're always welcome
0: to come back. Thank you, and thank you, Dan Newhouse of Washington's 4th district. Thank you, Derek.